Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Proper training is the key to giving people the knowledge and tools to be successful. However, managing safety training can be overwhelming and time-consuming. Over 80% of injuries are human error. 81% of safety managers say that breaking workers free from their task is a major problem. Total Health and Safety Solutions now offers online training that will provide excellent content to your employees and make scheduling time much easier. It's important to ensure your safety training is meeting regulatory requirements, measurable, retained, and verifiable. We want to help you make safety training easy and effective, alleviating the worry, wondering if workers are being trained properly so they can perform tasks safely. Our online training, TED-Ed, gives many options to meet your specific needs and is offered in multiple languages. It's as easy as one, two, three. Go to our website at healthandsafetynow.com, click on TED-Ed in the top right corner, pick a topic, click start, and create your own account. It's that simple. With our online training, you will have greater accountability, the ability to verify training, flexibility of scheduling, improved retention, no worries with language barriers, and more time to focus on other safety needs. If proper training isn't done, injuries will continue and OSHA issues will arise. So please check out our online training. Again, it's as easy as one, two, three. Go to healthandsafetynow.com. Please join us in welcoming Tracy Krieger. Tracy has worked in safety for 14 years in various industries. She holds a master's in public health, has earned her ASP, and is studying to take the CSP. As a safety manager, she has helped companies reduce workers' compensation and auto claims. She now has her own consulting business, Safety LLC. Tracy sees the importance of safety both in the workplace and in everyday life and contributes by volunteering her time at church on their safety team. Hey, Tracy, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. How about you? Uh, I'm doing great. We're excited, both Barbara and I, to have you on from uh, sunny California. You know, California, IA, right? Yeah. It's actually <laughs> pretty okay in Wisconsin here. I think we're going to get into the 50s and the sun's out. So, And it's mid-November, so this is, this is all bonus for us. Yes. <laughs> so, Tracy, can you kind of give our uh, listeners a little bit of background about you? Yeah, I will. Thank you, Chad and Barb. So my name's Tracy Krieger. I have a master's degree in public health. I also have my ASP and studying for the CSP and I'll take the test next year. So wow. I'm really oh, excited well, about that. Good for you. Yeah, thanks. I've worked in safety for 14 years in almost every single industry. So I really think it helps knowing both general and construction side of the OSHA. And it really just helps me and all the companies to, you know, 
help them the best they can. So I've been a safety manager. I helped a lot of companies to reduce worker compensation and auto claims with fleet safety. And I started my own business about three years ago, Safety LLC. I'm really proud of it in the name. <laughs> yeah. And I also volunteer at my church on the safety team. So we make sure that the kids are safe, visitors, everybody, our pastor. And so, because we have a huge church. So it's Mariners in Irvine. I love that because we talk a lot about, and I know this is important to you, not only keeping people safe in the workplace, but when you leave and go home or go into your community, following through with that. So, you know, your volunteering shows that you care and you're passionate about that, right? Yeah, that's what I teach with uh, my employees is that we need to, I think the best buy-in is not to have safety on the clock. Let's teach safety 24-7. They have to be safe at church, Target, the movie theater, the mall. And so if we can integrate safety seven days a week, day and night, then we're just going to have a just a better workplace too. So Right. Kind of keeping it always, always on your mind. And I think that has changed from 20 years ago, right? I mean, before, n- nowadays we just have so much more stuff going on and, you know, with, uh, within the world and stuff like that, that we have to be thinking about that stuff even away from work, right? Yeah, correct. And I think the more you think about it, it's kind of like driving a car. Sometimes you're like, how did I get home? <laughs> and I was like, it's just, it's there. And that's really what we want our employees and everybody in the world to just have it just be an action and not have to think about safety. It just comes. Can you talk about your passion for people and how getting them to look at safety both emotionally and intellectually can create a better outcome? Yeah. So I think you have to care about people first. Everybody says, I passion about safety. And we are, but people are come first. So I believe that nobody wants to get injured. Everybody's trying to do their best. Everybody needs to pay bills and just, you know, so what I believe in, in if you talk and talk to the employees and get to their heart, like one example is I always teach flu season. And they always want to pull up Dr. Google. Oh, I'm going to have this wrong or I'm going to get this and stuff. Well, if you turn it around and say, how can you get the flu shot and help the loved ones you have? Do you have a baby at home? Do you have elderly parent? And they're like, oh, I do. I go, they can't get, some of the people can't get the shot. So how can you help them? by getting the shot and not getting sick. And then they kind of see. So it's way you just communicate to your employees, to the people you care about on really how safety works. Because I think they just think, okay, it's a rule. I got to abide by it. And it's what I have to do to earn my paycheck. And really, that's not what we want to have them think about. It's much deeper than that. So, and I think safety is holistic. It's everything. It's mental, it's emotional, it's environmental. And so we need to address all the issues, not just safety is a regulation. Don't do this or wear your safety glasses. Kind of look at the whole picture. Yes, correct. I like the example you 
gave of the flu shot, you know, having people look at it from a different viewpoint. And sometimes too, I think about when you're out there and let's say you have a worker that's been doing something forever. Sometimes the approach is like, I've been doing this forever. Nothing's ever happened. And sometimes when you turn around and think, well, okay, if you think you're fine, you know, how would your family feel if something happened or your coworkers? You know, sometimes people don't get as emotionally attached when it's just about them. You know, they're tough, they're fine. But when you bring in loved ones and the people around them, it, it just makes you think of things a little bit different. It sounds like you you do a good job of getting that conversation started, correct? Yeah, thanks. It also brings me to mind the so SIFO football stadium that just opened up yep. in LA. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Is that called SIFO? I can't remember. It's something not similar sure. to that. Though. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful facility. It looks like. I haven't been there, but oh, it looks it's like beautiful. gorgeous. I was on site and a young gentleman in their 20s didn't have the right fall protection. And the way the roof was, it was kind of like clear. And he thought it was protected. And he fell and died in 11 seconds and fell over 100 feet. And his best friend that he grew up with saw him. So just think about his best friend, you know, if he knew his friend was going to die that day, it would be a totally different game changer if we start thinking about other people and not just ourselves, because some people have a high risk. My husband went mountain biking and he's just, you know, he had a traumatic brain injury because he takes a lot of risk where some of us get nervous on a ladder. Yeah. No, that is very true. The, the acceptance of risk that people have is tolerance or however you want to put it a little bit different. Yeah. So if we can get it to thinking about friends, family, and things like that, then we'll be better off for the long run. <laughs> you know, you, you had a, a really cool opportunity uh, recently to speak at the University of uh, Washington. Tell us a little bit about that and why that was so important to talk about temporary workers, which is something I'm passionate about also. I've given presentations on that too with, with OSHA, and, and it's just something that I think a lot of times is overlooked. It is. I worked for a company that was a nonprofit that worked with homeless people to get them a job. And so I would go on the jobs with, we would give them like a bus pass and a lunch for the day and then send them off to a job site. And so I'd go to the job sites and they were treated differently, not even just homeless to regular employees, but just that they were temporary. They didn't need the right, they didn't need the PPE that the other permanent people needed the PPE. And so there's actually a movie, I don't know what it's called, but on temporary worker safety. And so there's about 600 people there. And I was on a panel and after the movie played, then we answered tons of questions on how to keep a uh, temporary worker safe. And since I worked in that area, um, they uh, asked me to speak. And it was such an honor because people just don't understand that even if they're there for a week or three months, you still have to have the same amount of training and everything as a permanent worker does. And I think it just gets overlooked. And we're coming up on the Christmas holiday and that kind of gets me thinking that we're having seasonal people come. And what are you doing as a company to keep them safe? Yeah, I 
I don't know why, like I'm listening to you and I think, gosh, of course there's an importance for for safety being taught and trained to temporary workers. I don't know if some companies just don't see that or they think, oh, it's just such a short investment. Like, why, why would we bother? They're not here very long. But I'm thinking, you know, we have kids that are dabbling out in the workforce and gosh, if sometimes they weren't trained and just thrown into something, that would make me very, very nervous. So why do you think that's overlooked so much? Well, I think some companies, money comes before, production comes before safety. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So especially during the holidays, that's when you really are getting the money that you need to make budget for the year. And so that's when you really need a good safety manager to work with the operations manager because they come hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. You can't just have safety because then we're not going to get paid. So we (laughs) Is that important? (laughs) (laughs) Especially in Southern California. (laughs) So, but we have to work with production and they do have to see that this is so crucial because even contractors were go out to a job site and they're not used to the environment there. And I think we really have to set up people for success and it really is going to help the business in a long run because injuries are so expensive. I do workers comp and they are expensive. And as a safety manager, if you can show them production and the CEO, how much injuries really do cost, then you can really work with them saying, Hey, training only costs this, especially if you have an onsite safety manager, you're really seeing your dollars go a lot longer. Well, I think one thing that, that I've really been passionate about in interviewing a lot of different CEOs and people within different organizations is safety as a profit center, right? Because really, that's the way that you need to look at it because I think sometimes in some organizations, they don't look at it as a value to their company. They look at it as maybe the right thing to do and all that kind of stuff, which is nice, right? But it can actually be a profit center. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I was just thinking about how some companies they don't promote safety, but it's like a, it's just kind of like HR. It's just a checkoff. Everything's a checkoff. And if they come and think that safety really just pays, you're going to pay in so many different ways. And people aren't going to be going out of work often. You're going to have more of a retention rate. You're going to have more of people doing their job. I was trying to think of the word more production. Like if you are safety involved, you're going to see it in every part of your business. That's the exciting thing about safety is it shines through all the different parts of your business. And you are just, it's just amazing what safety can do. So absolutely. I was fortunate enough early, earlier in my career where we had it and, and we really implemented where safety wasn't number one. Safety was just as important as everything else. You know, so you have production, you have quality and you have safety. All three of those have to work together for a company to be successful. Yeah. It doesn't matter which one you take out of that scenario. You're going to be unsuccessful. You know, a lot of people forget when you have do rework, that's where a majority, at least in construction, where the majority of your injuries occur because nobody wants to do that work. Even though they're getting paid the same and stuff like that, nobody wants to do it. Usually they skip steps, try to get it done quick to get 
out of there. So yeah, I, I agree 100% with you that, that safety leads to so much more within an organization. I'm not sure if if you know this, Tracy, or if the information's out there, but is there, like, do we know, is there a percentage of temporary or seasonal workers that, that don't get proper training or is there, I guess, an injury rate out there? Do, do you know? I'm just curious. So I kind of look at it as the age. So, so the Bureau of Labor Statistics, I don't know if you saw it, just came out November 8th. And okay. so our bracket for 25 to 34, we still from 2021 to 2020 year, that one year, we had 759,560 injuries just on that age bracket. The age bracket, which, yeah. And we're thinking our kids go to college. This is the first job like Bacardi in Florida. Yes. Terrible example. Yeah. Terrible example. And so this number is too high in 2021. Like we would see that back 20 years ago. We shouldn't be seeing that high of number now. That's scary. Yeah, and, and just so the audience kind of knows what the Bacardi uh, incident was, was a gentleman who came to work his first day, actually posted a picture to his girlfriend in the bathroom as he's walking out. Unfortunately, within an hour, he was dead, you know, and lack of communication, lack of a lot of things that went on there. So, yeah, just just a terrible situation, And but we got to get better at this. And this is something that OSHA is focusing on. I, I do a presentation with our local OSHA office and on this because it is something that is real, unfortunately, out there. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And the Cardi happened, you know, of course, 2012, but we're still seeing today, a few months ago, just in California at a steel plant, a 23-year-old got eaten by the machine too. And, you know, this is kind of, I always, I really like OSHA. I talk to him. I tell him we're on the same page. We have the same goals. The one thing that really, they got paid out 50 grand and environmental fees are higher. Like we are passionate about the people. We love the people, but where's the value? Right. Yeah. Human value, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it is. One question I want to ask you kind of off the subject a little bit here now, though, is with working in California, how is California a little bit different than other states to work in as far as OSHA? Because I know they have more requirements. Washington state is very similar to that too. What are your views on, on how they work with safety? So California are more stringent than a lot of states. And then some states, I can't remember the number, but some don't even have an OSHA, a right. state OSHA. So they go okay. over the Wisconsin. federal OSHA. Yeah. Wisconsin, we're yeah. in the federal, yep. Oh, okay. So yeah. So they're not as stringent Fed OSHA as Cal OSHA. So if you have, say, four feet for fall protection, we're six feet. So they just go that extra little bit to be a little bit more stringent in their rules. Yeah, I've done a little work out in California and a couple of projects out there. And it seems like they, they really uh, are after their watching things, I guess, a little bit closer. They do. They drive by. And if you see like dust from silica from the construction sites, they're going to stop. So they're really trying to get it where people are not waiting till someone dies. It's prevention. Right. Well, it's, prevention. it's funny that you say that because that's kind of what happened in our instance is that they came by uh, one of our projects. Uh, fortunately, just about two weeks uh, earlier, we had all the uh, air monitoring testing done by a lab and stuff like that. So it all turned out good because, you know, but yeah. So those opportunities out there to always try to improve. Yeah. And it's also different because we're always sunny. 
So we're always working, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're not that way here in Wisconsin, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Tracy, I just wanted to go back a little bit to the temporary workers. We communicated a little bit before this podcast, and you had mentioned that employers should ensure that seasonal workers receive the proper training in an understood language. I saw how you had noted that. I wanted you to describe that, or what do you mean by an understood language? So especially in California here with the borders, we have different, we're pretty culture, different cultures here from different countries, and they need to be trained in the language that they know. So we have, you know, Vietnamese, they need to be trained in that. We have Spanish speaking, they need to be trained in that because they will understand it better than a lot of times say we'll speak in English and have the training and then they'll say, yes, they understand. Oh, okay. But just because they said, yes, they understand, that doesn't mean that. And then that's when you're going to find your injuries. So that's why it really has to be in the language that they understand. And that's so true. A lot of times you just get the head up and down, right? And you're making the assumption they understand when, when in reality they don't know. And I wasn't sure if it was that obvious and understood language or like you said, sometimes you get the head up and down when you're speaking English and someone understands English. And I didn't know if there was a way that you thought was more effective to train temporary employees versus just a new hire or something. On that note, is there a different way to approach someone who isn't invested in the company to make them really get it and listen versus someone who's like, okay, I'm going to be doing this for years. Yep, this is important. Someone who's going to be there a couple of weeks, do you think they're going to brush off the training? They can't. Really by law, it doesn't matter if you're temporary or not. It needs to be in their language. And do companies still do? Sadly, yes, because of money. But you never know if they're going to stay full time too. And just putting in that investment actually might have them stay. So just to do it right, just do it right, yeah. no matter what. I would think nowadays doing it in the proper language wouldn't be that hard. I know that like maybe it's not always in person. Even we offer some online training that's available in any language. So and that's I why think- we do that, right? I mean, we, we do that um, online training in those different languages because I've trained people in different languages and I know they're not getting it, even though I have a, have somebody there that's helping, you know, them, out or helping them out. But then you, you lose the people that are understanding what you're saying because you're going at such a slow pace. So I've changed my philosophy on online training because that, that can really help out in those situations, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think when you are investing in a person they feel valued when they're doing it, when they can understand. So you're going to just give them the confidence that they can do that job even better than they thought coming in. Because everybody's nervous coming to a new job. And if you set up someone for success, then they're just going to give you more in their day. I love it. I mean, that, that is so true, right? It's, I was, was going to say I loved it, the, the way you use the word confidence. I beat you on that one. Ha! Like it, it just it says a lot. People don't realize that a lot of people, just because you have gone to school and might know what you need to know, you've never done this, you've never worked here. And that confidence has to be nurtured and built. And that doesn't, they need support. And wow, uh, how important is training for temporary workers? I mean, crucial. we really need to make a change there. Yeah, we really do. And Barbara and I have been really reaching out to our companies in our area because we have a lot of industry in, in the area that we're out of, out of Appleton. We keep on trying, you know, people aren't as open as they probably really need to be 
to that subject because everybody thinks they got it covered correctly. And in reality, I, I don't just by the injuries in our area, I can tell you that it's not. So anyway, Hey, Tracy, thank you so much for being on our show today on Ted speaks. But as you know, me being the positive safety coach, now it's time for Barbara and I to have a little fun with you. The question is, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. <laughs> All right. Hey everybody, this is Ted. You want to move your career along quicker? Allow me to be able to mentor you. Time for mentoring within a lot of our organizations is tough. Time is little. 97% of mentees say it is very valuable for their career to be mentored. It is a tough job that just doesn't have enough time for safety professionals sometimes. I have mentored over 100 safety professionals in my career, and we are the best at mentoring safety professionals because we understand the work. We have a simple three-step process to get you started. Go to healthandsafetynow.com, click on the black button in the top right corner, fill out the information, and submit. It is that easy, and we can get started tomorrow. Look forward to hearing from you. Have a super safe day. Barb has the first one People always say they are. Okay, let's see here. Oh, I kind of really like this one. I'm a horrible joke teller. If I didn't have it in front of me, I wouldn't remember it. But what's black and white and goes round and round? Oh, I swear I've heard this one before. Ah, I don't know. (laughs) A penguin in the washing machine. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's cute. I like that one because I love penguins. You know, I, I love the way that joke starts. Our, our uh, second son, anytime we'd go someplace, uh, we'd play that game. I forget what the name of that game is where you guess, guess. Like you know. I Spy. Uh, yeah, I Spy. And he'd always say, what's black and white? And we always say a whale. And it always was. Yeah. It was always the same thing. A killer know. whale. That so was- every time he came along to uh, John, he would always go, what, black and white, a cure will. How do you guys always know? So it was just kind of funny. <laughs> anyway, so my joke, what do you call it when you sing in the shower? What do you call it when you sing in the shower? I am not sure. A soap opera. <laughs> oh, I love that one. My son, my son sings opera. Oh, <laughs> really? okay. Great. Well, there you go. We love you. I love that joke. Yeah. There you go. Thanks so much for joining us, Tracy, and taking time out of your busy schedule. We really do appreciate it. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how would they go about doing that, Tracy? So I'm on LinkedIn, Tracy Krieger, comma, MPH, comma, ASP. And, and then also to my email is misskrieger22 at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. Great, great information and reminder about temporary employees. We can't forget about that. Absolutely. That is a a real thing, unfortunately, that we can get better at as an industry and as a country. So thank you very much and have a super safe day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week. 